How many people here remember or know who Sidney Poitier is? Oh, pretty good. And see, you can tell who the older folks are and who the younger folks are, okay? What's the most famous movie he ever did? Guess who's coming to get dinner? What's the title of this morning's message? Guess who's coming to dinner? Right. You know, in, um, on Tabernacles, we are invited, actually encouraged, to invite guests into our sukkah to eat with us, to fellowship with us, to talk with us. These guests are called Ushpazin. Can you say that? Ushpazin. And while I am not a movie critic, I do suggest that when you get home sometime today or tomorrow, you go to YouTube and you look up Ushpazin, U-S-H-P-I-Z-I-N, and watch the whole movie, okay? And I'm going to give you a little teaser right now. visitors bring with them a secret from the past a secret that will test their love and challenge their faith now only a miracle will turn their fortunes around So you need to go, you really need to go and watch that movie. An interesting story, and I'll get to the message sometime, maybe tonight or tomorrow morning. But um, the lead role in that movie is a native Israeli. He lives in Jerusalem uh, in a place called Nachlaot. Um, he won the uh, Best Male Actor Award. And when Tina and I were living in Israel, one day we were walking through the shuk, we were walking through the open market, and like there he is buying vegetables, you know. And I looked at Tina, and she looked at me, and then she looked at him, and she went. And he went. So I went to shake his hand, and he shook my hand. I said, I enjoyed the movie. It was nice to, it's nice to meet you. And Tina went to shake his hand. Because you see, an Orthodox man will not shake another woman's, a woman's hand. By the way, the woman in the movie that plays his wife is his wife because he would not be in the movie with anyone else. Well, in that movie, they invite Ushpazin visitors into their sukkah. These are not exactly the highest grade visitors in Israel. 
as you saw, and I'll give you just a little hint, on their way back to prison after their weekend furlough, they decide not to go back to prison. And they end up in the sukkah of Moshe and his wife. They are guests invited to dinner. Guess who's coming to dinner? Well, this morning I want to look at a very, very interesting chapter in the book of Luke. So if you will, turn with me to Luke 14. The message is very simple. The message will not take long to develop. But I believe that the message is entirely important for us in this day and age, and especially in a congregation whose goal and heart and burden is to reach out to the Jewish people in culturally sensitive ways with the gospel of Messiah, to reach out, to evangelize, to support, to pray for, and to disciple, and to train others to do the same. So if you will stand with me, I'm going to be reading from verse 12 to verse 24. Then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've just bought a piece of ground. I've got to go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have a married wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Amen. You may be seated. Real estate happens to be on the mind of Son of David congregation right now. By the way, we have a signed intent letter to purchase our property on Norbeck Road. It's been signed by us and sent to lawyers to dry up, throw up contracts. But just like in real estate, location, location, location is the most important thing in Scripture. Context, context, context is the most important thing. You've heard this verse before. You've heard it over and over again. It's as true today as it ever was or ever will be. Luke 14, verse 11. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself 
will be exalted. And we think that the entire chapter of Luke 14 is about humility. It's not. That's a subset of chapter 14. And in order to see the big story and the big picture, you've got to go all the way back to verse 1. What happens is that one of the rulers of the Pharisees, right, he invites Yeshua to break bread with him on the Sabbath. And it says, verse 1, they watched him, Yeshua, closely. So who's been invited to dinner? The, the Pharisees and some more Pharisees and a couple more Pharisees and Yeshua. And what are they doing? They are watching Him. They are watching Him. This is a test. They've invited Him to their dinner and they're going to test Him to see how He acts. And what happens is there's this certain man who shows up who's got dropsy. And Jesus, Yeshua, answers and spoke to them, the lawyers and the Pharisees, and basically what He's doing is He's saying, you're watching Me? Listen, ones, dear ones, I'm watching you too. He says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They kept silent. They didn't answer. And so he takes and he heals the man with dropsy. And then he answers them and he says this, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. The next word is so, not S-E-W, S-O. So, he told him a parable. You see, the story here is they've invited all the rich and famous. He heals the poor and broken. And now he asks them, if you had a donkey or an ox or an animal, wouldn't you pull them out of the pit? In other words, saying, I've just pulled a human being out. And they did not answer him. So, he tells them a parable, beginning in verse 7. He noted how they chose the best places when they sat down. Now, obviously, he's never been to an American church where everybody sits in the back row, not right up front, where you can literally feel the worship as you're worshiping. I encourage you to sit closer. That was not part of my sermon. It just came out by the unction of the Holy Spirit. Okay? He says, don't sit in the best place. Why? Because someone might come to you and say, oh, by the way, we got somebody higher up the ladder of excellence that's going to sit here. Would you please move back? And then you're going to be embarrassed. Rather, you should sit in the back and have someone say, please, let us honor you by sitting in front. Go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. In other words, you'll be honored. You'll be exalted. And it's at this point that we hear the verse. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. But then it goes on to say that he says to the one who invited him. He says to the man who invited him to this wonderful dinner. Now you can imagine, if there's Pharisees and lawyers there, there's some really good kosher delicatessen, if you know what I mean. I said that because my last night in Chicago this week, I ate at the best delicatessen I've eaten at in 10 years. Oh, it was amazing. It was so amazing, I took a picture 
of my tongue sandwich on rye bread with mustard and dill pickle, and I sent it to my wife and I said, I'm in heaven, to which she replied, yuck. <laughs> he says, when you give a dinner or a supper, don't ask your friends, your brothers, or your relatives, or your rich neighbors, so that they invite you back and you'll be repaid. In other words, this isn't a, hey, come over to dinner in my house and I expect you to invite me to dinner over at your house. He says, no. When you give a feast, and here's point number one, invite. Invite. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Invite those who need it the most. Invite those who are the downcasts of society. Invite those who in your mind's eye you don't exactly picture yourself sitting and having dinner with. Invite those that when you bring them in, someone else might say to you, why are they with you? He says those are the people you're supposed to invite. Invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Why? Because they can't repay you, but you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Invite. Did you know that Saturday morning here at Son of David Congregation is a dinner table? Did you know that the Word of God is food? Do you remember in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, when the children of Israel are wandering through the desert and they're complaining and God caused them to be hungry? He says this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Have you invited anybody here lately? And not just your friends who you know that will come, not just other believers who would like to check out the Messianic congregation and get their Jewish itch scratched. Sorry to be so honest. Are you inviting the maimed and the lame and the poor and the blind and the physically handicapped and the mentally handicapped and the emotionally handicapped? Are you inviting them? You may know the story of Danny Gottlieb's son, Adam. Adam has been in and out of detox centers, in and out of rehab centers, in and out of problems with drug addiction, with alcohol addiction, but Danny kept inviting him and inviting him and inviting him. And on the evening of Yom Kippur, he sat in the back row and gave his life to Messiah. Are you inviting someone? We talk a lot about evangelism. It's wonderful to go out in the streets and talk to people. We do it every month that there's a fifth Shabbat. There's nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful to do Facebook ads. It's wonderful to put YouTube videos up. But you know the best way to bring people into the kingdom of God is invite them. Invite them. That's point number one. Verse 15, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. 
Now, we eat bread here every morning in the kingdom of God, but you know what? This verse and the verses follow just may be pointing to that great marriage supper of the Lamb that is there in the future in heaven with the Lord God and the Son and the Spirit and all those who believe. That is a great feast indeed and one to look forward to. Yeshua said to him, here's another parable, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. I want you to picture the foreshadowing here of the great man being God himself and this supper being the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. And the servant has come. And he has invited. And we have invited. Here's the problem with many invitations. Verse 18, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. Is there anybody here who has never invited somebody that they didn't give you an excuse? There's always an excuse. Listen to the excuses here. The first one said, I bought a piece of ground and I need to go and see it. In other words, there's something more important that I've got to take care of than going to the dinner. There's something more important that I've got to do than coming to Shabbat services at your congregation with all those crazy Jews who believe that Yeshua is a Messiah. No thanks. That's a reasonable excuse. I, I, I have something else that I need to take care of. And another one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to go test them. In other words, I'd love to come, but like I've got other responsibilities, you know? Like, um, I just bought this used car off of Facebook. It's a really good buy, but it's misfiring a little bit and I want to spend Saturday morning fiddling with the engine. In other words, thanks but no thanks. And the third says, I have a married wife and therefore I can't come. In other words, I got responsibilities at home. There's lots of excuses not to come. The problem is, they don't know what they're missing when they don't come. The very bread of God, the very water of God, the very life of God being spoken into the hearts of men and women that may change their life for all eternity. And so that master came back and he reported the things to the master. That servant came back and he reported the things to the master. I invited him, but they had a bunch of excuses. One had to go take care of an ox. One had to go take care of some property he just bought. The other one's henpecked. I mean, the other one has a wife. Then the master of the house was angry. I got this big spread. Better than the delicatessen in Chicago. And he said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and here's number two, point number two, bring. Bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. It's not just enough to invite. When you invite, you get lots of excuses. Sometimes you've got to say, you know what, I'll help you with the car tomorrow. Come on, drive with me, I'll take you. 
we need to bring. Well, but I live a little bit out of your way. You probably don't want to come. No, that's fine. I'll just leave my house 10 minutes early. Yeah, but you see, I, I, I live in Bowie and you live in Ashburn. That's okay. It's a short drive. <laughs> it's a short drive. And you know what? It is a short drive. What? How many of you know of an anthropologist named Margaret Mead? Have you heard of Margaret Mead? Those who studied sociology right in college. Margaret Mead was in Africa. Margaret Mead one day was told by the people that she was living with, they're going on a short trip to visit relatives, right? Would you like to go? Margaret Mead said, sure, I'd love to go. And they got there three days later. The next month, she was told they were going to visit enemies, but the trip was rather long. Well, we would like you to come with us to see how we negotiate. And she said, fine. And the trip was across the valley. It took two hours. How can a three-day trip be short and a two-hour trip be long? Because it wasn't measured by the distance. It was measured by who you were going to meet. Dear ones, if you have an opportunity to bring someone to meet the Messiah, an hour out of your way is a short trip. Point number one, invite. Point number two, bring. Verse 22. And the servant said, Master, it's done as you commanded and still there's room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and, point number three, compel. Compel them to come. Why? That my house may be filled. It is God's desire that all would be saved. And He's got a big house. It's got a big banquet room that's got lots of chairs and plenty of plates and golden cutlery and glass that looks like you can't afford it. And he wants every place setting filled. But sometimes it takes more than just an invitation to sit at the table. Sometimes it takes more than bringing people to sit at the table. Sometimes it means compelling people come to the table. And sometimes as you get to know somebody and you develop a friendship and you develop a relationship and you develop trust that you can ask the tough questions that compel people to at least think about the possibility of a Messiah. Think about the possibility of a God creator who would send his only begotten son to pay the price for mankind's sin so that his table could be full. Sometimes when you've gotten that close with somebody, you can tell them, you know what? I can't believe that you're refusing my invitation for one morning to come and to share or to hear what I have come to believe is the answer to my life. You need to come. And I don't want to hear any excuses. Now you can't do that right away. I'm telling you. You've got to invite first. You have to understand the excuses. You've got to offer to bring and understand the excuses. But if the friendship remains solid, if the trust remains pure, then dear ones, it's time to compel. Because the alternative to them not eating bread at the table is eternal fire forever and ever. 
That's not my word. That's the word of the Holy Scripture. Verse 24. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited, invited first, and had all the excuses, and were never followed up on by any other, anyone else, none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Shall taste my supper. How many of you enjoy Son of David's congregation Seder? I got the t-shirt. It says, Son of David congregation. I love the Seder. Can you imagine what the marriage supper of the Lamb, the ultimate last Seder in heaven, must be like? It's kind of like the celebration this morning, was it wonderful? Was it glorious? Was it worshipful? Was it exuberant? Was it fun? It doesn't hold a candle to the celebration that goes on in heaven daily. And the only way you get there is if you come to the table. And when you, believer, are at the table, you need to go out and find someone else to sit next to you. That's just the way it is. This congregation does not exist to serve itself. This congregation exists to serve the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has a table in heaven. That table has the most incredible banquet waiting for anyone who would believe in God's Son, Yeshua. And it's our responsibility to invite, to bring, and to compel. To invite, to bring, and to compel. And right now I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to put one or more names in your mind by the power of the Spirit that you know need to come in here and at least have an appetizer on a Saturday morning. At least get the fragrance of Shabbat worship. At least hear the truth of the good news of Messiah so that we would raise Him up and then who does the drawing of people to Himself? He does. Well, that's my message this morning. There's no punchline at the end. But there is an answer to the question of the title of the message. Guess who's coming to dinner? You know what the answer is? Whoever you bring. Let's pray. Abinu Malkeinu Shabbat Shemayim, our Father and our King in Heaven. We give You thanks for this feast, Sukkot. We give You thanks for all the blessings and the harvest that's come in both people and fruit and bread and everything else this past spring and summer. And we do ask You for the rain of Your Holy Spirit in our lives, just like we ask You for the rain on the land to produce the crops, more food, but more people who will be invited to Your table. And Lord, may this congregation be a congregation of invitation and bringing and compelling. May more and more people come to know You as Messiah because of the burden in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that You would strengthen us, encourage us, give us wisdom on how to ask, how to bring, and how to compel Your people into this place. And I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen.